0: Welcome to Beauty in the Business Beast. My name's Debbie Lewis from Salon Angels, and today's episode is sponsored by Salon Socials. Welcome to Beauty and the Business Beast Legends Edition brought to you this Christmas because we are hoping that you are having some really well-earned downtime and you're going to be able to join us for some slightly longer episodes and my goodness they are going to be worth listening to. I am joined today on my virtual sofa by Alan Austin-Smith. Alan, I will ask you to introduce yourself, tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Hi, Debbie. Thank you. Um, well, uh, who am I? I'm Alison Smith. I'm the founder or co-founder of the Fantastic Hairdresser Company and author, obviously, of the book of the same name and, and, and others as well. Um, but um, how did I, I start? Well, I actually started the industry as a, as a hairdresser myself. Um, as a wee little 16-year-old, I, uh, I joined Sassoon's um, and uh, did my apprenticeship and trained there. Um, I, I then sort of carried on in the industry. I worked I was a creative director for, uh, for Glenby International, who have since been swallowed up by the Regis machine. Um, but um, yeah, I had a wonderful time as a hairdresser. And it's quite interesting, of course, because I'm, I'm, I'm very well known in the industry today for what I do. Uh, but but less so obviously as a hairdresser um, but actually funny enough i was actually very much on the creative side i was a very very creative um i was a creative director and doing lots of shows and shoots and things like that and so on so um but but i i just to be fair was getting frustrated um i, I loved love my clients i love the industry i loved everything about it um It it just wasn't moving fast enough for me, if I'm really honest, um, in in what I wanted and where I wanted to go. And I was approached by L'Oreal. And uh, and I I joined L'Oreal as, a, as an educator, first of all, and then became technical manager and then became very much involved in the whole business development side of things, um, which was again another pivotal moment because um, I was moving, I guess, further and further away from the the physical side of being a hairdresser um, and was really enjoying the business side of it. And uh, that was 30, 31, well, I lose count through this sort of COVID world we've been in, but I think it's 32 now, uh, 32 years ago, um, I How left How long did L'Oreal. you stay with L'Oreal? I was there eight years.
0: Okay, wow. So that's a significant amount of time off of the floor, working behind the scenes, as it were. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that didn't really exist in our industry back then. Um, the educational side and the development side, that was all quite new.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it was, um, I mean, when when the whole business development role came up with L'Oreal, that was brand new. Um in in because what we were what we were hearing at the time from some owners was, look, you know, I, I love the educators coming in and teaching the colour circle and techniques and things like that. I really need help with my business um, and customer service and teamwork. And so that that was all brand new and developed then. And, and that's where I really started to get interested in it um, and so on. But it was quite interesting as well, as was that at, in those last sort of couple of years, two, two three years Larry I was more involved with that, I started to feel, I, I still today feel very strongly about this, um, is that I, I, I felt that the level business development was getting to, it, it moved on in that two, three years from how to run a team meeting to, um business, profit, you know and, and spend and things like that, the, the real key things. And I really started to feel uncomfortable um, dealing with that from a product company perspective, because I couldn't actually be completely honest. Um, you know my, my employer wasn't the cus- wasn't the person I was talking to. my employer was L'Oréal, um, and of course then I had to be you know loyal to, to them. So if I thought someone was spending too much money on stock, for example, um, I was in a bit of a difficult situation, uh, and, and, and so on. And, and that's actually what started to lead me towards leaving that world, um, and, and so on, and, and starting to, uh, to to set out much more on my own and, and build. And it's why we've never really ever associated a hundred percent with a product company, whereas a lot of people do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I've always felt that I that we should, that the level of business support that's needed has to be independent
0: yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. really
1: strongly about that um, uh, it, it's just something I feel th- I you know again there's no criticism to people who do align themselves with product companies for me I've always felt it must be independent um, and, and so on so so that's why eventually I cut ties with L'Oreal and um, the, the fantastic hairdresser company was born
0: Before we head into the fantastic hairdresser uh, history, because um, I remember the books well, I remember the uh, academy sessions well, and and I loved every minute of it. Genuinely, I can't wait to talk about that. But reflecting back on the types of conversations that you were having with business owners back then, so at the beginning of business development, really, you know, trailblazing with these um, salon um, support programs, were they similar types of conversations to the ones you are having now, or have things massively changed?
1: That's a great question, because probably maybe two years ago, I would have, quite quickly answered yeah they're very different today um and the reason why was because the focus as i as i just intimated almost right at the beginning of those days was so much about the team it, it was see what what had happened was as salon owners started to get more business education it was like great i'm understanding my business much, so much better now but a gap was, was happening, there was a massive gap uh, arriving. And it was the gap between the salon owner now seeing their salon as a business, but the team not seeing it like that. And so the team was still very much in the pure hairdresser mode, if you like, um, whereas the salon owner had moved on. And, and what was happening was the salon owner was getting more and more frustrated. It was almost like, you know, no knowledge is a wonderful thing. Once they knew what should be happening, they were more frustrated yeah. um, with the team. And, and, and not, not 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 from a personal level, it was understandable because they didn't understand. You know, they were rocking up to do great hair and, and weren't thinking it more of it. But but also what was happening in those days was we then were starting to go about it the wrong way. And and we were we were basically saying as a salon owner, like, I understand now average bill and percentages, and I get all that stuff now. But what was happening was then we were trying to inspire the team with things that frankly didn't inspire them at all, spreadsheets and percentages. And, and targets. And yeah, and, and targets and so on. And and what was happening was instead of sort of motivating people to perform, we were doing the exact opposite. We were, we were turning people off. We weren't turning them on. And, and so... The very early days, I started to realize this, and and it's actually why I wrote The Fantastic Hairdresser book. You know, The Fantastic Boss came later. The Fantastic Hairdresser was really, I thought, there needs to be something, and and I often refer to this as translation. There needs to be something that translated the business knowledge into a a language and an understanding uh, for a creative professional. Um, and, And so that's what I was doing. Uh, and so very much in the early days, it was very much about how do I get this, my team engaged, inspired, motivated and committed. It then moved on over the last few years into far more understanding of, of the business and profit and all of those things which are critical. So as I said, maybe a couple of years ago, I would have said, absolutely, it's totally different. I'm finding right now it's swinging right back to, to where we were, that the real issue now is the team. Um, and, and again, not their fault, but it's, it's the real issue is actually how the hell do I get my team engaged and motivated and connected with what I'm trying to do here? Because there's, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a generational thing, you know, uh, uh, you know the, the, the millennials, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's things like the self-employment and all these different uh, uh, other elements. And it's becoming increasingly difficult, I think, for a salon owner to engage that team and get them on board with them on the journey. Um, And I don't think the last couple of years with COVID, et cetera, et cetera, has helped that. Uh, I think I'm certainly hearing from people as they've come out the other side of that, that, um, you know, that there's maybe a slightly different attitude within the team and that that is becoming the biggest issue.
0: And if they can even attract the talent in the first place. um... Well,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, that was on the horizon before all of this um i think even more so i mean even if you just take the first year of it all happening nobody employed any trainees in that first year um you know so immediately that that to me spells of a of a a shortage um, of of stylists in five six years Got a pipeline problem absolutely totally because you know for a variety of different reasons we all understand This industry will always have a turnover. It will always have a relatively high turnover. It will always be a relatively young uh, business. Now, some of us like me are still around knocking ourselves around 60 odd years. Young like us,
0: you mean, Alan? Young
1: like us. Oh, you've got a way to go before you reach me, Debbie. But basically, yeah, but but essentially it is a young industry and it will always have a high turnover of people. If we haven't got that blood coming through, that scares the living daylights out of me, Um, especially if we're also losing people. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's, the, it, it's been the silent um, fear for a few years now, to be honest, I've been talking about it for a while, uh, the recent events will only have intensified that, and uh, there's, there's ways to solve it, um, and we can talk about that later if you like, but, but basically, I think, I think it's a really interesting question that you ask, because without question, it's swinging back towards the team.
0: And I I don't know about you, but I definitely saw this similar kind of cyclic behavior around the late 2009, that double-dip recession period. So these economic downturns. I, I feel like they push us back into the old cycles and That's some of the learnings that we've taken previously, okay, they don't directly transfer, but you can take some of the learnings. And I think it's really amusing that um, I can clearly recall having seminar after seminar about flowers, fresh flowers on the desk and personalized chocolates and all of these things that set you apart as a salon. And suddenly all of that is scrapped and it's how do, how do I even get somebody to uh, apply to my vacancy you know it's it we and it will come round again for sure um you must have seen so much of this over the years that you've been I mean from 16 and I know that you recently had a big birthday so that's a significant period of time in the industry um do you still feel the same way about it today as you've always felt or have you fallen in and out of love with the industry I
1: think I think anybody who's been around as long as I have would be lying if they didn't say they fall in and out of love, if they didn't fall in and out of love, because there's times, I don't think I fall out of love, I think sometimes, um, I, I, okay, let me give you an analogy, I, I've never fallen out of love with my kids, yeah, but they drive me nuts sometimes.
0: <laughs> you like them more some days than others.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they they still drive me nuts occasionally. Um and so I wouldn't say I fall out of love with the industry, but sometimes my, I get very frustrated um, uh, with, with it. Um, be, and the, the frustration is always the same, by the way. It's always exactly the same frustration. It's when this industry doesn't seem to realize and understand the potential it has. Um, and, and whether that be a young person in the industry or a salon owner or whatever, it, that, that, what you can achieve. Not just financially, just, just in your personal success, in, in, in everything. It's, got, it's such a wonderful balance this business gives you. Um, and um, what you can get out of this business is so amazing. And yeah, when I, when I get frustrated, it's because I see people that don't seem to get that. You know, and, and so on. So so I wouldn't say I fall out of love, but yeah, that does happen. In terms of you know changes and things I've seen over, over the years, oh my gosh, yeah, obviously, uh, so many different changes. But you're right, it is, it is cyclical. And that come, sometimes can also be a frustration. Yeah. It, it is that, are we back here again? <laughs> yeah did did you not learn the talking
0: lessons? about knowing our worth like we did, <laughs>
1: did years you ago. not learn the lessons last time so yeah I, I think sometimes that that can be the frustrations yeah That's
0: amazing and um, so going back to then you parted ways uh with l'oreal you decided to launch the fantastic hairdresser um, <laughs> how was the beginning of that journey because it must have been really scary not many people were doing that um, you know you had the comfort and security of that international brand behind you and then you go off just you talk to me a little bit about how that came uh, about and what happened it, it,
1: it, it was I mean I always I always joke, I always remember because um yeah you had a company car and every two years your company car would change um and what would happen is, is they'd say, you, you're getting a new car on this day and you go and clean the one that we, you were giving back. And then some, some someone would turn up with a car and they take your one away and you'd have your new car. And then uh, when I left L'Oreal, someone came and took the car away, but they didn't leave me one. <laughs> and i remember thinking, oh, OK, I'm uh, probably naive, I knew I had to get a new car, but it was a real moment of like, OK, yeah
0: yeah that's um, a reality check driving. right there when you realize what you're now going to be driving or not
1: yeah absolutely and it it really was you're right it it it, it was scary it, it was scary um i i i i'd been i had a lovely um leaving moment if you like when i was told by my um uh, the general manager of the time of the company that um I was welcome back if I ever changed my mind or if it didn't work out. And and that was nice to have in your pocket. I had no intention of going back because I'd made this decision, but it was nice to have that in your back pocket, if you like. So it gave me a little bit of confidence. Yeah, it was scary. I think that the most interesting thing was, was, uh, and the scary thing was, um, you know, almost everybody who starts their own business, uh, you make assumptions um, on how this business is going to go and obviously financial assumptions and so on. And, and then, rarely are they correct. And, and I remember going round to, to salons that I knew really well, that I'd worked with closely at L'Oreal. And the, the sort of, the reaction was kind of, hey, Alan, we think you're great. We've really enjoyed the work you've done with us, but we didn't used to have to pay for it when, we were, when you were with L'Oreal, um, uh, so thanks, but no thanks. And it was a real like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and and I, I was really struggling. And then then I just des- I made a decision which frankly uh, I think defined uh Fantastic Hairdresser Company. And we weren't called the Fantastic Hairdresser of course in the very early days. Um we changed the name when the book came out. But 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 really did define us, I think. And it was I was looking at our competition, and at the time, as you say, there wasn't much, but there was 365 uh, day hairdressing, 365 hairdressing, and they were doing some amazing stuff, and I've always, always taken my hat off to, to 365, especially for when they were doing it. You know, as you say, they were, they were doing this before anybody was thinking about this, you know, yeah. and so on. Um, I have to I, be I, honest,
0: I, full disclosure, I was cheating on you both. I was using both. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and you were both so different.
1: And, and, and well and i think that's the key it, it was it really was um i was looking at 365 and i was looking at what to do and they at the time were the market leaders and and so on uh, there was of course another a, a lovely lady who's not with us anymore Annette Miska um uh, who, who was also doing some great stuff but um so i thought how do i kind of go about this? and i was doing a lot of learning and reading as i do um and i was reading a wonderful book called marketing warfare and it talked about the different types of warfare, but, but linking it into a marketing concept. And it effectively, the, the, the basic principle of you know, he who has the largest army will win. Um, and in other words, if you're going up against a large army at that time, 365 compared to me, mm-hmm. um, you don't go and stand head to head. You know, because they've got the largest army. Um, you have to find different ways of doing it and, and, and so on. And and I was really thought about this a lot. And I looked at where I felt at the time. And I might be wrong, but I felt at the time that 365 was targeting. And I don't know if you remember, they used to have this great ad of a bike going uphill. And it was like, it's tough pedaling uphill. You know, it's tough running your business. We can help you. We can help you. And that's very much where they were focused. And I thought, okay, what if I go completely in the other direction? And what if I target the already successful businesses and show them how I think they can be more successful? And so my first meeting was with Charles Worthington, uh, Charles and Alan, Peters. Um, start Alan and small,
0: Peters. Start with the small. Start with small
1: fries. Well, no, but that was it. It was literally that. I was like, okay, if I go, if I go that way, I'm competing with 365. Yeah. 365 aren't talking to Charles Worthington and Charles Worthington wouldn't be interested in 365 so but okay let's, let's go and have a meeting with Charles now um, and uh, I said I basically said look you know obviously you guys are doing great and whatever but I, I think I can help make that better for you and more successful and we talked about it And they started doing some work I had the same conversation with Blushes I then had the same conversation with Sean Hanna and Guy Kremer. Um, et cetera, and you're getting the picture. And so I, I was starting to talk to, to this level of business and sort of, and, and that was scary. I knew these guys, but it was scary sitting with them going, I th- although you're successful, I think you can be more successful. And then and of course they challenged me saying, well, how? And I had to sort of show them how I, how I felt I could help and so on. But what happened was, was that sort of built a group around us um, of, of brand names. Um, later, Tony and Guy, Trevor Sorby, and, and so on. And I think what started to happen from that, as I say, defined us, was that people then sort of looked at us and said, wait, wait wait! wait a minute, these guys are using Alan Austin Smith and Fantastic address. there must be something in it. Um, it, it actually then became a negative for us, um, because then normal salons thought they weren't the right type of business for us and, sure. and thought, thought we were that elitism. Elitism,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: But, but at the beginning, it was perfect. And then we had to really get across this mission. No, 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 no. That, that was purely and simply how we started off. We work with everybody and anybody who wants to grow and, and one wants their business to grow. But, but that's very much how it kicked in. Um, and uh, yeah, from there, it just, uh, it just started to roll. And then, then the Fantastic Hairdresser of Book, as I said, I wrote that. How and long was that enough. after
0: you started um, working um,
1: with clients? must have been oh a a good 10 12 years um uh, we've been going for a good 10 12 years before i wrote that book um but um yeah that was that was took took us to another level because what what happened with the book was i was it was it was basically the message of the fantastic hairdresser and, and so on went to places without me so all of a sudden i mean i remember i went out to moscow to do an event out there and i took some books with me obviously it wasn't even russian but i thought we'll take some in case someone wants and everybody was saying oh, no i've already got it I've, I've got it and i was like oh, okay <laughs> don't know how <laughs> um and, and so on and it, it is kind of weird when you look at the international sales uh, you know i get a sales report and sort of look at it and when sort of someone from Kazakhstan has bought the book, or or whatever, you, you, you know, it, it is worldwide. I mean, wherever I go in the world, people talk to me about the book and and, uh, and the impact it's had on them. Um, and so that was sort of a the next stage in the journey, I guess, that sort of elevated us, I, I guess, globally. I mean, I always say we punch so far above our weight. Essentially, we're a family business. You know, we're we're we're, we're a small family business, but we have a global brand, you know, and, and so on, which is kind of weird sometimes I think people sometimes expect us to have be this huge company and so the on.
0: content is so good and I remember I'm, I'm probably going to butcher the, the narrative of the book but for me it was about hairdressing is only a tiny part of the picture and and really your success will depend on all that other stuff the non-technical stuff and i remember that you ran a roadshow um, in in my hometown Milton Keynes uh, where i had my salons and i remember going along with with my management team at the time and you were doing a a, a tour i think at the time you were uh, were launching the um fantastic boss and That's we cool. were doing some development training with our managers and we went along and we, we were keen beans sat in the front row and you were telling these fantastic stories and, and we were laughing and you know welling up in equal measures it really was a journey and something that you said has stuck with me over the last 15 or 20 years when you told a story about why do salon owners buy um let's say Christmas stock from their reps and they pilfer all of the best gifts so they see something and they go I want that I want that so they'll buy extra stock so they can have one for them their sister their mum at Christmas etc and then they can't understand why the team are not retailing all of the products that you've purchased to get this gift because all you've left them with is the toot and I remember laughing so hard that my tummy hurt and my, my managers my hair and my beauty department managers looked at me and went do you do that. <laughs> and it was so obvious. I said, you know I confess I have done that on at least one occasion, but we could tell that you had lived, breathed and were in love with the industry, you knew it inside out uh, and I hadn't experienced that level of connection before um, from a training organization.
1: Oh, that's, that's lovely. I remember that very well. And I, I can actually pick, I, I've got a bit of a photographic memory for an audience. Sometimes I can actually picture you guys on the front row. I can, I, it was a long, long time ago, but I can still picture it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's nice that you say that. And I do, I honestly do think that's always been our strengths. It's, it's, it's what's always set us apart is, um, and it's not, it's, it's not just, it's not just being in the industry it's it's actually totally getting the the mind um, and the heart and the soul of um, a hair or beauty professional and and really getting that so it may have been a long time ago I stood behind the chair but I've I've never forgotten what it was like and how what I loved and what I enjoyed and who I was and what what excited me and what and and you know what? And it sounds really weird to hear it from me, from what people see and know of me, whatever. But I, I remember the days when I was at, um, when I was at Glenby uh, in Phoenix in, in New Bond Street. And, and um, I had good figures and, and I, I would have a good average bill and, uh, and color figures and things like that, and whatever. And, and uh, my manager would you know, uh, call me in and, and talk to me about, uh, about these numbers and my numbers and how, how I was doing or not doing or what I should improve and everything else. And I was bored silly. And I was bored silly because, and even if it was good, if if she was saying, Alan, this is brilliant, your average bill's high, you've done some really good retail numbers, or you get whatever, and I would be sort of, as I call it, nodding wisely. Um, Because all I wanted to do was get out of there so that I could get back to doing what I love, which was making people look and feel fantastic and and for me every hour i set, spent sat in that office um you know talking about figures and numbers was an hour i wasn't making someone look and feel fantastic which was what i loved doing now of course one to ones and things like that are critical and important i don't mean that it was just i've always i've always retained that i've always kept that that real understanding not of the just of the industry you can understand the industry mm-hmm. um and I find that a lot of people that I'm listening to, um, and, and I'll, 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 I'm going to be, you know, I'll be honest with you, um, I, I do one thing I do get frustrated with in the last few years, um, and, and I've noticed more and more, is that as more and more people see the opportunity to do business consultancy and business coaching and everything else which is absolutely brilliant we need more you know there's plenty of work for sure it's not it's not competition I don't see it in that way what I get frustrated with is that I'm seeing some of the the content And and someone said to me once, um, do you get frustrated with people using your content? You know, you must see your content all the time out there. I said, no, I don't get frustrated by that at all because that's how the world works. I said, what I get frustrated with is people using my content that is 10 years out of date. Mm,
0: Or badly or misquoting it
1: or... Well, yeah, that's fine. Even that, you know, but even if you're not very good, would be better than using content That I don't talk about anymore because it's not relevant. Mm. You know, stuff I was teaching 10 years ago isn't relevant today. The world has changed. Our world, our world, the world has changed so massively. And I'm not even talking about the last two years, you know, uh, it's it's changed so hugely. Sure. um, That to to just be churning out the same stuff that you were talking about 10 years ago, you know, I, 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 funny enough, it was an interview like this. Uh, and, and someone compared me to um uh, kylie <laughs> <I> said, <"Well, laughs>
0: was it was it the uh the bodysuit you were wearing yeah, absolutely like?
1: it was the it was the, it was the hot pants yeah it was the pink hot pants <laughs> and I, I said kylie where on earth have you got that from and i said because you know kylie is still there and she's still huge because she changes She's not doing the same stuff she was 10, 15, 20 years ago, and you could play the same as the Madonna, Max, or, or or whatever, but, but they, they said, you know, I look at someone like Kylie, um, and, uh, you know, you look at some of the people who were around at her time, who have sort of vanished into oblivion, or or you know, they pop up on some of these shows, and, and so on, um, but why is she still a megastar? Because She's never stood still. She, it was always, OK, now what? Where do we go now? And and as you know, that's something foundational in my teaching that I'm saying to people, you know, the total life concept and things like that. But I, I apply it to myself and to the company and everything we do. And the, and the way the company's evolved now with Sam running the company and everything else. So um, I, I think there's so many things that were right at the time. I'm not saying I was wrong 10 years ago. They were right at the time. Um, or, or maybe they were wrong maybe it was actually after looking at saying you know what this isn't working you know this is still not engaging the team or this is still not happening I mean. and, and I, I get really really frustrated to see um, salon owners that are trying because because they, they they don't know any different and they're trying to to take on information from different coaching environments or whatever and they're struggling to get this across the team because because as i said earlier the translation isn't there Mm -hmm. if if you sit the average salon professional down beauty or hair um, any creative professional by the way you sit the average salon professional down for half an hour and put a spreadsheet in front of them with with, uh, percentages and everything else and expect them to leave motivated it's like you've completely forgotten your craft you've forgotten everything about this business Mm -hmm. Um, and that translation is so key that's why I created the perfect client and all of these things to sort of shift and change the way we communicate and get these messages across so that salon professionals can be successful for themselves and for the salon they work in, um, but, but they're engaged and they're loving it and they're enjoying it rather than like, oh God, not again, another one-to-one where we sit looking at percentages. Um, and that's been the heart of the fantastic headdress. You're right. It's exactly why we're still going. It's exactly why we're still number one at what we do and, and so on. Um, the frustration is, is that there's a lot of people who are listening and learning from people who are still delivering. They're not delivering anything wrong. They're delivering stuff in ways that we've we know haven't worked. doesn't worked and, and so on. I mean, delivering wrong information is another thing altogether. Yeah, you know that 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 is something else. And if you really want to know my frustrations, that I get very angry about when I see people talking about, you know, I. I <laughs> saw someone uh, talking about salons having um, 70, 80% net profit. <laughs> net profit. So for those of you who don't understand, gross profit is what's left after you've paid your salaries and you've uh, you've uh, paid for your stock and then you pay your bills. It's what's left. Um, because I mean, if you're of the-
0: working at 70 to 80% net profit, I mean it's impossible this this kind of magic doesn't exist in the
1: world <laughs> well that's, that's actually a physical impossibility unless, you, <laughs> unless you're working on a beach you know and you've got no costs um it, it's literally impossible it's it's possible to do it as gross profit but i'm not quite sure how in terms of you know because we in general work on either commission basis or bonus basis um and so therefore your salaries go up with what you are but but um how on earth anybody can get 80 percent i mean that would be nice net profit you know, you know that's so you know i mean what we're saying is a salon doing 10 grand salon doing 10 grand a week is getting eight grand profit from it it's yeah. like ah uh, interesting so I, gonna... I do get angry about that if i'm honest because that's wrong mm-hmm. um i get frustrated in in general that's a, that's rare but in, in general i get frustrated by, um, yeah, inf- information that's just been recycled from 10 years ago. Recycle my information from that I'm talking about in the last couple of years. Absolutely, that's the way of the world. That's how it works. Don't recycle my stuff from 10 years ago because it's not relevant.
0: No, and you mentioned in um, that that Sam has taken over the business. Yes. Um, how was that transition for you? Was it, was it easy? I would imagine it's quite difficult because this is your handing your baby over to your baby this is something you've grown and it has so much of you in it. it it is it kind of thrilling but difficult in equal measures or how did you manage that transition
1: um not at all difficult um oh. because she's been she's been there such you know, since she was 16 and where she'd been she was standing behind the book for selling books when she was eight you know uh, but basically at seminars but effectively she's been there since she was 16 and, and she's grown uh, uh, through and and it's it's been a gradual process in a way is that as, as she's grown and she's learned whatever she's taken on more and more and more and it was the obvious thing to do mm-hmm. um and, and so on and it was it was a combination of yeah i i was 60 last year um uh, and so on so um Oh yeah, we're about to go into a new year, aren't we? So I'm going to have to say I was 61 last year because I've added another year on it. But, but Not yeah, yet. another week. Yeah. Um, so so 60 last year, um, and um, so yeah, there's an element of me starting to think about you know how much longer am I going to be running around the world, um, and and the last couple of years have certainly brought that into perspective. To be honest, of course they have, like so many people. Uh, so so that was obviously part of it. Um, but it was, it's also, it is a young person's industry uh, and the world is young today in, in the white world. And, and I'd like to think that I'm still uh, engaged enough to know what, I, was, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, it, 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 we talked about frustration. I love the fact, but I'm also get frustrated by the fact that, for example, I was talking about TikTok years ago, well, years ago, yeah, two, three years ago when people are going, what's that? And I'm saying, look, and, and then the people that, that, that did know about it would look at me like I was mad and say, that's like just young kids doing crazy shit. You know, what's that all about? Yeah. Uh, why on earth should I be looking at that? And I said, well, what's the biggest issue in the industry at the moment is getting young people. And what's this industry really good at? Crazy shit. So actually, why don't, we, <laughs> why, why don't we get on TikTok and start creating and showing young people this is a great business to be in. Mm-hmm. you know from a recruitment point of view um and so i, I still like to think i know what's going on he's still I, got it yeah still got it but I, but i still but I, it is clearly a, a young person's business and i think sam's bought so much um innovation and energy um and and what we're about to do which uh, we'll maybe touch on later but what we're about to do has really been her baby and she has uh, Something that is going to just blow the industry apart in the next two, three, four, five years will be has been so heavily influenced by Sam. Um, And it's 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 perfect for her to be taking it forward in that sense.
0: I am so excited that we're going to be revealing that later on in today's session. So thank you. And I, I. would love to ask you um, throughout your journey whether that was the the early days or when you started in business have you ever received one really fundamental piece of advice that you you've always gone back to
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um it was um actually when i very first started my my business uh, it was a friend of my father's um who uh was a successful business person and uh he gave me a piece of advice, which at the time I considered uh, really patronizing. I was polite and, and nice and accepted it politely and nicely. Um, it took me a couple of years to realize that it wasn't patronizing at all. It was the best advice you could ever give anybody. Um, and after many, many years of running my own business, helping other people with other, their businesses, with my personal finances, with my children's personal finances and so on, I realized that actually this is the best piece of advice I could ever have had. It's very simple. He said to me, Alan, uh, your passion, your energy, et cetera, you'll be amazing. Don't worry, your business will be a success. He said, but I'll give you one th- piece of advice to remember. And I was like, oh yeah, great. What is it? He said, just make sure more money comes in and goes out.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And you can understand at the time I was young and I was, I was like, yeah, <laughs> get that. that. That's your big piece of advice, is it? Yeah. And, and again, I was very polite, but I kind of thought it was a bit patronising. Oh, my God. You know, um, uh, how often do we forget that? Yeah,
0: particularly when you've got multiple projects running. And I, I all too often hear salon owners say I'm investing it back into the business, which usually to, to my mind is you, you don't actually know you know you're not really moving things around properly no,
1: absolutely and, and, it, and uh, yeah
0: 100 percent.
1: It, it's um and, and there's another thing that sort of uh, i think the time when you that's most important uh, I, also, I also another little nugget that i give out sometimes is um the most dangerous time in business is when you're doing well
0: yeah yeah
1: because that's when you take your your, your eye off the ball Yeah.
0: You know?
1: um when, when you're you know, i I guarantee that a year ago every son owner knew exactly how much money was coming out of their business and what was going in you absolutely. Know, absolutely you know in in hopefully in another year's time um you know but if we're at this point in at the end of twenty two um i' I've got a strong belief that we will have had an amazing strong recovery and uh, the danger in that is that a lot of the lessons that possibly could have been learnt about really knowing my business knowing my margin understanding it and so on uh, have all got forgotten because we're busy again and we've got money coming in the tail and, and everything else and so on um yeah make sure more comes in than goes out and, and you know what frankly if if we hadn't operated that way we wouldn't have had retained profit if we didn't have retained profit uh, as a company fantastic hairdresser would not have survived the last two years so you know practice what you preach as they say and, and luckily we were able to do that
0: Well, thank goodness you got that sage advice and you listened to it. Um, Alan, we've mentioned the book. Um, I know we've got a secret to reveal later on. I'd like to look at the other ways in which you support salon owners or, or independent stylists and therapists. Um, I understand that you have a team of, of licensed coaches, so you've grown the business. Uh, congratulations. What other ways do you support? Do you have online education? Um, in, in what ways can people access the store? Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, I mean obviously, we, we, we still have our live education. Um, it has changed without question um, after the pandemic and and so on. Um, We're actually finding a lot more, um, uh, we're we're going into salons again. Um, Whereas you used to do that in the old days and then people would send people on seminars. Um, and still there's been some nervousness about sending people and staff out and things like that and so on e- even even after these last few months that's going to come back but not uh, will it come back to the same no, I don't know is my answer I'll keep I it hope nice it
0: does on. you guys throw a phenomenal party
1: yeah we do we, we do and, and I mean Inspirational Minds last year when we did it, it uh, as, a, as a digital thing was very very successful we can't wait to do it live uh, yeah. again and so on I and we did the last
0: things. live one before the pandemic and um, the energy in the room you, you guys have got an amazing community and an amazing following. We we
1: have, and we do know how to, as you say, we do know how to put on a, a, a good show, so to speak um uh and so on but but i think um uh yeah I've obviously online education uh, is growing and we've we've had that for, for a long long time we've been developing uh our online library of, of we've got the, the fantastic team meetings which are, are amazing which is those those 20 team meetings that actually allow you to that, that all started because people used to jokingly say on on seminars with me um uh can I just take you home with me? Can, could you come and just say that into my team? And the salon on one of, could you run my team meetings for me? And it was Did like, that well.
0: start out as team meeting in a box?
1: That's right, yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember Yeah, of course, it now it's, it's online yeah um and then that's how we did that was like well okay well let's let's create some team meetings for you where they they they're interactive you're still working the team meeting but you're effectively using little clips of me and bits and bobs but it's structured and and so on and and so that's still very very that's probably one of our most successful products uh, apart from the book you know it's very very popular I think that I, um, I think
0: as well when you look at um so many salons have accidental managers so they they have no background in management training or development absolutely they they literally just by default they've been there so long they get promoted <laughs> these kind of off the shelf tools that you can give them to help them transition into the yeah. new role i think are so valuable and um i i love all the i mean the books double up as that but the the um team meeting in a box as it was back then was yes. was joyous yeah
1: yeah so so there's that we have our business programs uh the uh the ultimate sound growth uh, program which is a program where we just wanted to literally put everything it was like an ultimate online thing that literally everything we called it ultimate because of that so we do have some great online stuff and people can see that and and see what we're doing there um we've as, as you know we've started the um the fantastic salon sessions they're going down really really well uh that's been really interesting and how that's worked and it's and that's been a great way um as I am maybe traveling less and doing less and so on. Although, as I said, more and more people want to see in-house. I've actually been doing more of that than I have for years, where people have actually sent can Alan come into the salon and, and do work with us? But um, but the fantastic salon sessions have been really powerful. They've been really, really good. And it's given people um, a consistent um, kick up the backside and shot in the arm, perhaps, you know, uh, in, in that way. So that's been really good. Um, so yeah, loads of ways still to very much get engaged with us and, and it's all on our website You go to, uh, you know, the fantastic of, uh, dot com and, and you see everything there, uh, and, and see, you can see everything we're up to. Um, yeah, uh, we're still, still very, very much, uh, there and very, 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 very committed to helping the industry. Not just as, as I said, I've said all the way through the last two years, not to survive, to thrive, to grow, to take advantage of the opportunities that, that, that are there. And, and we're totally behind that.
0: No, absolutely. I know we've touched on this slightly, but if, if I gave you a magic wand and you could change anything about our industry, what would it be? What would your wish be?
1: Okay, uh, I can I can I can answer that. There'd be kind of two answers, but they're connected. One would be that a salon owner as a business um, really starts to understand that profit is key. It's it's boring, it's not sexy, but you don't have a business if it's not profit, you're just paying yourself a salary. Um, And for those of you, if you're listening to me now and you, you think that you're profitable, please remember, when I or anybody like me talks about profit, it's after your salary. You know, if if your profit is your salary, you're paying yourself a salary. Now, and unless you've got Ferraris parked in the drive and you're bathing in asses milk, um, then you know. It, it, other than that, your salary is your salary. It's 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 otherwise. Other than that, it's not a business if there's not profit over and above that that enables you to invest in your business, invest in yourself, to do other things, and grow your business uh, uh, and so on. So I I think that, that, as I always call it, focus on profit, that real understanding that, I always say that um, there's two things, there's a process a business goes through in order to make profit. And that process is in our business, clients coming in, giving us money, we spend that money on staff and wages and stock and all of those things so that we can do it it again and and bring more money in and, and so on. And that's a process. Now, the whole idea of that process is to generate profit. Now, otherwise, what's the point? Now, I always say um, I talk about my what I call my eBay uh, definition of profit. Uh, and I love this for people, particularly sometimes team members who sort of see profit as a dirty word almost. Yeah, as I, as I imagine a friend of yours comes into the pub and is all excited because they've spent all day on eBay. You know? And in the morning, they bought two tickets to see Beyonce. Yeah, uh, maybe, right? They, they, were, uh, they were pitching for them, and they got these two tickets. And they got two tickets for Beyonce. And they, the tickets are normally 100 quid each. They got two tickets for 100 quid. And they're like, wow, amazing. And then they thought, actually, you know what? I can make a profit here if I sell these tickets. So they put them back on, and they spend the afternoon trying to sell those tickets. You know? And they sell them. And they come into the pub and say, I've had an amazing day. I bought two tickets for Beyonce for hundred quid. I then spent all afternoon and sold them for hundred quid. <laughs> and as I always say, you'd look at that person and go, sorry.
0: What a waste of your time. Yeah. What a waste
1: of your time. And I also say, you know what? A 12 year old would know that's nuts. Why on earth did you spend the day working and didn't make anything from it, yeah? You bought something for hundred quid, you sold it for hundred quid. That process you went through of buying and selling, you went through the process, but it only becomes a business if it actually generates an income uh, and so on. And, and by the way, I know why it happens. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about this. I no, know why I it happens in our industry and it's because um, we love our process. So creatives, and, and this, this applies to any creative job, we have an amazing process. So therefore, we love the process. And if it makes profit, that's kind of a bonus. Very <laughs> um, on top, yeah. Yeah, whereas I would say, imagine if you, you manufactured and sold traffic cones. How long would you go through the process of making and selling traffic cones if it wasn't generating a profit for you? Yeah, know, um, and, and so on. So because we're, we, we're passionate about our process, we kind of go, yeah, but when you understand it's a process, it's, it's literally money coming in, money going out, money coming in, money going out. If that process doesn't generate profit each time it goes around, then it's just a process and it's not a business. So that would be uh, the, the first thing that I, I just constantly, if I had a magic wand, it would be that. However. The second thing I'm going to add to that, which is critical, is for everybody in this industry, which would then help that happen, by the way, to have a belief in themselves, to, to have the belief that not just what they do is amazing. We all know that, but that it has value, real value. And the, and the one thing that came out of lockdown was that was that recognition of the value we had. And everybody's talked about it, I'm not gonna talk about it anymore, we've talked about it so much. But that belief, because once, when that belief is there, then you charge a lot. you charge properly. Mm. And it's actually undercharging, which is literally undervaluing, literally undervaluing what you do, that is causing the issues. Because when people say I can't afford to spend, invest in training, I can't afford to employ the right staff or pay the right level, you know, why we, why do we lose people to self to, to self employed things like that? Because in many cases we're not paying enough, or or, or whatever, uh, and so on. And it's like, well, I can't afford to get staff, I can't afford to keep staff, I can't afford to train them, I can't afford to market myself properly, I can't afford. To, the only reason why that is, unless you're ripping the business off, which would be rare today, the only reason why that is is because you're not generating enough income. Um, and you're not generating enough income nine times out of 10 because you're not pricing accordingly. Why do you not price right? Because you don't value. It. Right. And we've all experienced it when you put a price increase in and your stylist look at you with horror. You know, <laughs> like, oh, how am I going to explain that to my clients? But you're worth it. You know, sorry to, to Nick L'Oreal's line there but you, know. <laughs> you can't um,
0: take the l'oreal out the boy
1: <laughs> no absolutely <laughs> and, and um, so that, that would be that would, that would be it. if I, if I had a magic wand it would be that hairdressers or, or, or creative professionals beauty professionals hair professionals believe in themselves um, and therefore are able, my wife is a personal trainer well she's very very good and she knows she's very good she's not arrogant she's confident she knows she's very good. She charges more than anybody else in the area because she's the best. And she gets customers and clients and people pay because she's the best. And she knows she's the best. Again, I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but she knows it. And she's, she's, she, she charges and people say, oh, it's, and, and you know what? She also says, you know, "Sometimes, something, oh, that's quite a lot more expensive than my. And she says, yeah, I understand that. That's entirely up to you. You know, I saw a great quote on, oh, I can't remember what it was, it was on social. And someone was talking about, you know, clients who think you're too expensive and was worrying about clients who think you're too expensive and so on. And, and I can't remember who it was. It was a brilliant piece of advice. And they said, um, you know, when you know what, what you provide, who you are, what you provide now, there will be people who don't want it, who can't value it, who don't value it the way you do. You can't expect everybody to see that. And the way they said this, and I love this, and I'm really happy to pass this on. I wish I could remember who it was because I'd like to give them credit for it um and that one if you're listening that let me know who was who if it was you but i loved it because it was like you don't go to a mercedes car dealer if you want a ford and you don't go to a mercedes car dealer if you're buying a ford and walk around going these prices are ridiculous <laughs> so you, know? True. Yeah. you know you and, and I just thought that is spot on, you know, that's, that you might want to afford, walk into Mercedes and go, oh, I can't afford these, and walk out again. Um, and there will be clients that do that. But you've got to be strong about who you are and what you stand for and what you believe. And when, with that belief across the industry, we would make more profit. We would be more successful. Those two things together, if I could wave a magic wand, that would be it and it would change the industry Amazing. immeasurably
0: and and i've actually been having very similar conversations with focus groups over the last few months around um whether government should be encouraged to um, help us raise the standard of our industry and controversially i am always in the corner banging the drum around why is this the government's responsibility yep. this sits with us um, plumbers electricians uh, mechanics solicitors they set their value Absolutely. we set our value and yet i don't understand why we have always struggled to believe in our our worth i, I am with you 100 percent and i love that analogy that you shared with the car dealership thank you um, who have been the biggest influences in your life, uh, whether that's personal or business?
1: Wow, um, that I—that's too huge for me to answer. There's been so many because, and 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 the reason why I think is because I'm such a learner. Because um, I'm, uh, you yeah, know, today still today I, I still stand by my 15 minutes a day as a minimum. I'm constantly growing, constantly learning, constantly aware of everything. So it—it it tends to be very much who's inspiring me at that moment you know I've, I've been i've been really connected to stephen bartlett um uh for, for for the last uh few months really i love what you know i expected a 20 you know someone of his age who became a multi multi-billionaire uh uh at 21 to be a, a very arrogant uh, up his own backside type of guy which was a dreadful judgment from me but yeah um and i was like wow this guy's so grounded and so you know really knows his stuff and so on and, and uh I'm, I'm loving learning from him at the moment for example um, i'm loving learning from some of the people on clubhouse and and, and things that i'm picking up there uh and, and and so on so in terms of i'm just i'm constantly i'm inspired by someone every day uh in that way i guess i i, I get i guess i think if i was to to give you a, a Perhaps a slightly better answer. And again, it's still not a person. Everyday people who put themselves on the line inspire me. Mm. You know, I, I'm I'm inspired by the I don't know the, the big names that we all see and, and everything else, whether it's in our own industry or in the world or, or whatever. They, of course, they're inspiring. But I actually get the best inspiration from from whether it's in life whether it's that mother who's trying to get drug dealers off her street or, or doing or, or 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 whatever normal people you know normal salon owners in our own industry you know you're you you're, you're not trevor sorby you you're, you're joe you've got a a small salon in a, in a town somewhere um, but you're doing something different. You're, you're trying something different. You're putting yourself on the line a little bit. You're not prepared to just accept the norm. You you want to do something different. Um, and and yeah, people, normal people who who are who are prepared to put themselves on the line and and uh, and stretch and, and stretch themselves, stretch their boundaries, take risks, uh, and do something different. They that that's they're the people who inspire me every day you know, whether it's in business or life or whatever.
0: That's a great idea. Today has been amazing. I would love to finish off um, with a little look to the future. So I know you have been very busy beavering away. I understand we have a bit of an exclusive that we can share today. Um, Tell us a little bit about what you've been working on and and what the Fantastic Hairdresser is going to be bringing to the market after the new year.
1: Well, you're excited, we're excited, so excited. and uh, so, so very brief uh, bit of history. Um, when we all were shut down, um, I was doing a lot of work. Uh, we had some huge webinars. There were a thousand people on one um, and, and sort of getting messages out to people. And, and I had sort of two very clear messages. One was don't waste this time. You know, it's an investment, use it. And, and the other was, don't use this time, uh, don't have a mindset of survival, have a mindset of, of thriving, of, of, of the future and where we go. Once that sort of calmed down a little bit, of course, the interesting thing about what we've all been through in the last couple of years is we've all been through, um, you know, and, and unless you happen to be uh, uh, making hand sanitizer, um, you, <laughs> you're pretty, pretty much in the same boat. and um, And so, once that calmed down, Sam, myself, and, and Carolyn, of course, who who uh, started the business with, uh, uh, she's still a director, even though she's retired and a music producer now, um, and so on. Um, but the three of us sat down, and we said, okay, now let's take some of my own advice on for ourselves and, and look at ourselves. And we had a great meeting, bouncing around, different ideas, of how are we going to use this time? And... How do we think the industry is going to change out the other side of this? And what, what, can the, what will the fantastic hairdresser be doing to be part of that and so on? And um, out of all this came uh, something that, you know, we said, look, there's something we've been asked for for years, people have been asking us. And it, it makes so much sense People because I don't understand it. It's obvious for you to have this. And it was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. We don't have the time. Because I knew that to do this at the level the fantastic hairdresser would have to do it and would want to do it, it wouldn't be something we could do easily, quickly, and you know, so on. It would need a real uh, two years worth of total focus. Well, luckily. <laughs> the universe rewarded you. Yes, the universe <laughs> rewarded me. I'm not quite sure I'd call it a reward yet, but anyway. Uh, but yeah, and, uh, and, and we were given some time and uh so it was time for us to create uh flumely and uh we've been teasing people over the last couple of months with flumely um until that people know because it actually officially launches next month um as we come into 2022 what's flumely um flumely is a, a a business platform is the simplest way to describe it um and it starts with what we all know in the salon industry as real salon software. You know, the calendar, the booking,
0: booking yeah,
1: yeah, your salon system. So the booking system, you know, um, uh, taking money, you know, you know et cetera, point, point of sale and all the rest. You see, that's what people have been asking us for for ages. Why haven't you got a, 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 a salon software system? And my first thing was, look, the last thing the industry needs is another salon software system. You know, we've got loads out there and there's more and more all the time i tell you what the industry does need, a salon software system that actually gives you the numbers you need, the information you need. And what I've always been sort of a little bit critical of, and, and this is when people said, why haven't you got this? Is that first of all, pretty much all the systems have been created by an IT company effectively. So they're coming from a software perspective. And obviously we have an amazing software IT company that's helped us build this. but it's when it's being built from that perspective it's being built from the perspective of a booking system a calendar and a point of sale system you know paying you know, the client pay there's almost like a a coincidence one of coincidences but it sort of just happens that because you've got a calendar um, a diary because you've got a, a point of sale system you end up with this data because all the data goes through those two things. Yeah. And so all this stuff sitting in that box of your computer, and you've got all this information. And of course, very quickly we worked out and that was great because you could then bring this information out and share it. And um, I, I always remember when I remember how long ago it was at L'Oreal, we were being taught how to use computers that <laughs> old. Um, and, and this lady, she said to me, she's really explaining it well. said, Look, we call this your desktop you know, uh, in a computer. And said, so I want you to imagine that if you were working on your desk, you'd go to the filing cabinet, you take something out of the filing cabinet, bring it back, put it on your desk, work on it, and then put it away. It's exactly the same thing you do on your, on your computer. I got that. That's cool. Later on, I don't mean later on that day, later on in life, as, as we've worked more and more with computers, and certainly when I look at software systems, I kind of thought, yeah, that, that analogy works. But what I've never done is gone to my filing cabinet, got everything out, bought it back, put it on my desk, and sat there for ages going, now where is the number that I need in there? And it's and what's kind of happening, I'm seeing it happening more almost, is that because we've got all that information, um, a sort of salon software IT brain is thinking, wow, look, here you go, here's all this stuff. Creative professionals are looking going, I have no idea That's what a byproduct.
0: It's a waste product of this. You know I
1: mean? And I look at it, but I there's two numbers I look at, and I, and I, and I and when I do want some information, when a business coach, like you said, our our, our coaches are saying, oh I, "Oh, I don't know," and they call up, and where do I find this, and so on. So the, the first thing was was that for me that this, a system that was built from a business coach's perspective. Mm. of really and you touched on it earlier and i'm so glad you did because i do believe it's our strength and you're going to see it more with Flumely than than anything is we get this industry we know how your mind works how you think and so on and so we were presenting the information you need first of all you know i mean the the people people who have seen it have literally gone Oh, my God, thank you. I mean, it's literally been like that. So so that's the first thing. that, 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 That information has been structured in certain ways so that you don't see everything, you see what you need. But if you want to go deeper, you go deeper very easily. So that's the first thing. But the real issue is that, is the information relevant? And that's what I've been saying, banging on about for ages. So, for example, Debbie, if you said to me, um yeah our average bill is 45 pounds Right. my immediate response is what's it meant to be
0: yeah
1: what does it compare to yeah yeah um oh we we do 180 clients a week oh great how many do you need to do um we did this marketing and we got 50 new clients fantastic how many do you need in other words these numbers actually on their own don't mean anything they're completely irrelevant They need to be benchmarked, but then what do you benchmark it against? And that's when the whole fantastic salon philosophy, which has always been a two-year plan, how much profit do you want to make at the end of year two? Not a percentage, cash. Now, you want 50 grand? You want 100 grand? Fine. Let's now work back and see what you have to change in year one to achieve that in year two. So you need this many clients and that average bill to achieve that. Well, currently you've got this. So in the next 12 months, let's work to get to this client to that average bill, et cetera, et cetera, so that you've got everything in place to make that happen. I call it getting your ducks in line. And that's what our coaches work with you on and, and everything else. That's the whole process. So now what we've got with Flumly is it's amazing. So, you know, when you set up any system, you, you have to do the, the basic setup. you have to put your prices in and everything else. Whatever. We have two setups. That's the first one that everybody has to do. We help with that obviously. But the second one is you go through the fantastic, the little thing we've built so easy. Um, but you just go through this process where you actually build a little plan for yourself. It's like a coaching plan, first of all. And from that, it says, you need to make this much profit that you've put in you said i want this you punched it in you need to be doing this many clients this average bill etc 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 and so now the benchmarks are in the system but they're in the system based upon what you want from your business not just random
0: yeah the full answer
1: yeah the other thing is is also you mentioned our coaches um as part of the setup you have an hour with one of our coaches taking you through that to set you to set all that up for you so so you know even if you think oh, i don't understand all that stuff it's okay well we'll take you do that but now that's in it means that everything's relevant all the information is relevant so so people say to me oh does it do this does it? and i, I kind of say look to be honest it does everything any system needs to do we like to think it does it really coolly we've got some little nice little ways of doing it it looks amazing as kind of I think one of the nicest things we've had is that when people have seen it, it said exactly how I'd expect it to look from a fantastic editor. Amazing. You, know, you it, have a very looked, strong it, brand. Yeah, it looks looks great, it, it's stylish, it's fun, uh, and so on. So, so that all works. But it basically, yeah, does it people say, oh, does it do SMS, does it do marketing, does it have a loyalty program? It, it's like of course it does. It does all the things you would expect it to do. The difference is that it's kind of like a it's, it's kind of like a, a an online coach there with you all the time because every day or every week whenever you look at your dashboard it's going to be telling you you're a bit short of your target at the moment you need to be doing this and so on and we've got other little things that we do you get an email saying to you this is what you did here's some tips here's some ideas because of course the final bit and i'll shut up uh the final bit i'm excited about sorry i'm very passionate about No, don't
0: apologize it sounds amazing
1: yeah but but the final bit is it then has all the fantastic hairdresser education attached to it. So you've got the fantastic hairdresser. You've literally got the fantastic hairdresser in a box, <laughs> you know, underneath your desk. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you've got all of that. So with this, this two year period, first of all, you know, we have to recruit the right people to work with. and That, that was a long process we got them; uh, They're amazing. Then um, they had to get my brain into a piece of software. So that was cool. And then from there on, Sam was just taking it forward and making it just that the the, the the jargon is user experience. It's got to be really quick, and simple and easy to use. And, and she has just put her stamp on it just so amazingly. I mean, it, yeah, it, it needed my brain in terms of what's in there and the way I teach and everything else and the philosophies to, to get in to create that. But the product itself is Sam's and, 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 and the software guys, they've done an amazing job. And we're, we're we, we, I truly believe we're gonna absolutely revolutionize this side of the business. We've been totally disruptive with it and uh, so excited.
0: Disruptive is the word I would use, um, every, every other sector other than ours seems to be harnessing the power of data interpretation and i have long said it, it's just not something that we do we don't love numbers and mm. um, so to be able to bring a tool that that will really help people to run their businesses um i think is incredible so thank you and thank you for everything that you've done for our industry oh um, thank you I I hold you personally responsible for the fact that I had 47 team members in one salon uh, at the height of my career because you inspired us to want to have more be more do more and enjoy every minute of it and I and I love the fact that even though decades have passed that passion and the solutionizing and the inspiration still remains um so you you have been an absolute legend to have on our legends podcast uh, this Christmas thank you so so much is there anything we haven't covered today that you want to bring up or just a parting thought that you want to share with our listeners as they enjoy their Twixmas break? Uh,
1: well, I think we've covered a lot, Debbie, and thank you so much for inviting me here today. Um, and uh, it's it does it, it, it's lovely to know that somewhere on the way, uh, the work and effort and energy that we all put in here at the Fantastic Hairdresser um, is recognised and, and and does help and does make a difference. So thank you for that, really do. No, you know, I think we've covered everything to be honest. I, I think I would leave, I think the, the, the comments we've made already about valuing yourself, I, I think is, is what I'd want people to take away from anything I'm talking about at the moment. Um, in using this, this Twixmas break, I like that, uh, as, you, as you're calling it, um, is really, I think, if you haven't already, it's time to lift our heads. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people over the last few months about this, and people are starting to. But we have to lift our heads now. It's it, it's co- totally understandable why we've been short term. Yeah, it, it's been short term. It's been literally day, daily, weekly. You know, have I got any staff next week? You know, the pandemic, all of those things. You know, it, it's completely understandable why business owners, not just salon owners, business owners have been thinking short-term. If, if I'd said to anybody in the middle of all of this, um, what are your plans for 2023? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I've, I've just got to get through next week. Uh, so it's completely understandable that we've had that short-term mentality, yeah. but that has to stop now. Because if we continue looking at the ground a week ahead of ourselves, we're going to walk into something and walk into a wall and it's going to bloody hurt. We've got to lift our heads. We've got to get back to our goals and where we were. One of the first um, uh, fantastic salon sessions that we did touched on this. And I used the analogy um, of, of, uh, I often use this analogy of a journey. So actually, okay, this is what I'll leave you with. This is the analogy that I I used um, that Three years ago, perhaps, three, four, five years ago, whatever. You decided to go on a journey in your business. Um, and you, you. I use the metaphor of a paradise island. You, you decided, where's that island? That's the island I want to be on. That's where I want to be. And you got a boat. You have got a crew and you boarded the boat and everybody on the boat was clear about where we were going and what we wanted and what was in it for me when I get there as a crew member everybody was looking going there for different reasons but we were all together and we were all on the boat and we were going to the paradise island and then the mother of all storms hit and all we could think about was keeping the boat afloat. was literally you know there were sails blowing away there was broken masts there was the crew was chucking water out the side, et cetera, because um, we needed to keep afloat. Gradually, gradually the storm abated, it started to move away. And, and there was still work to be done. There were still masts to be mended and sails to be sewn and, and so on. Um, but the problem now was, we didn't even know where we were on the ocean. We were facing the wrong way, we didn't know where we were. <laughs> and what needed to happen was, The first thing that needed to happen was a period of let's mend those sails, let's mend those masts, let's turn the boat around, let's get back on track, and then let's lift our heads and get back on to our journey to the Paradise Island, where we were focused three years ago. I've lost maybe lost some focus. It's time to lift my head and get back again. And if if this period before a new year is the perfect time to be thinking okay, that's behind us now, let's do this again. Let's get back on track. And I think that is is the message for any business.
0: That is so wonderful. You are such a good storyteller. What a legend. (laughs) Alan, thank you. you. Merry Christmas to you and yours, wishing you all um, the health and happiness that the new year will bring. Can you please just tell us where we can find your fabulous new platform?
1: Head to the socials, head to our website, you, you literally over the next. I mean, we've been teasing a little bit, but over the next few weeks, you're going to start to see loads and loads of stuff all, all about it. And uh, and so, yeah, please, please be have get in contact, see what we're up to across the board. It doesn't just be flumely all the stuff we do. But um, effectively, you know, um, I, I'd just like to mirror what you said. Uh, yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, thank you for having me here. And. To anybody and everybody that's listening to me and to listening to this and this whole week of legends and all the different things that you're doing, let's rock 2022. Come on, it's time for the roaring twenties. Let's, let's, let's get going.
0: <laughs> oh yes. Amazing. Thanks for joining me on Beauty and the Business Beast. My name's Debbie Lewis from Salon Angels. If you need business coaching, networking with other salon individuals, or recruitment solutions for your salon, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Find us on any of the social media channels. Just search Salon Angels. Thanks also to our sponsors of this episode, Salon Socials. They've created a fantastic social media planner to help you get organized and in control of your social media scheduling. And they also run an incredible Monday marketing meetup online every week between 12.30 and 1.30 to help you get set for the week ahead with your social media posting. We'll see you next time.